0: I'm Pete Seligman, welcome to Season 3 of my podcast, The Next Step. This year the Australian ETA and Search Fund community is looking forward to its first big event for the region. The ETA Forum will be held at the Manly Pacific Hotel on Manly Beach in Sydney on Friday the 16th of September. In the lead up to the event, I'll be interviewing the speakers and moderators to give you some insight into the experience, capability and knowledge that will be on offer when we all come together for the first time. Please stay tuned as we count down the days and be sure to yell out if you have any questions or comments to offer so we can make the ETA forum a great event for all involved. Now let's jump into this episode
1: of The Next Step. Just inviting them to take the whole journey in the context of self-development and a personal development journey. Having started a few businesses, it never ceases to amaze me that every time you do it, It's a real reflective journey. And if you've got that opportunity to reflect on how you're growing and how you approach the challenges and how they affect you along the way, then there's huge personal growth in that for the leader, for the entrepreneur. And so in the story that I'll be telling on the day, the presentation's around what is the journey of an operator from day one? And how can you link that to the emotion and the energy of that time? And if you're aware of that, how can you leverage that energy for your betterment and be aware of it?
0: In this episode of The Next Step, I'm speaking to Ax who's the co-founder of both Wayfinder Capital and Second Square. Both of those businesses are leaders in the Australian Search Fund and ETA community, really bringing together the entrepreneurs and investors to light the fire underneath this growth that we're experiencing right now in the market. Also, Axe is going to be presenting a session at the up-and-coming ETA Forum in September. And the session that he's going to be focusing on is one that talks through the journey of the operator. So this is after the search, the acquisition has been made, and the entrepreneur sits into that leadership position. What is that journey like through operation? And in particular, what's the emotional journey in the emotional energy that's required and the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows and the ways in which to not only recognise that emotional journey, but also harness it. Interestingly, we have a bit of a conversation around the difference between analysis and numbers and the use of those things to try and make decisions and also the use of emotional and emotional intelligence and connection with the people in your business to try and make decisions. And the fact that both of those things, both commercial and emotional factors, need to feed into decision-making from time to time. And there'll be a balance between the two that comes and goes, depending on the situation. Really interesting conversation. Definitely looking forward to ACTS session at the ETA Forum next month. And as usual, he even kicks off this conversation by making me laugh. So really enjoyable conversation for me. I hope you enjoy it too. Afternoon, Ack. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you here. That's a great way to start, isn't it? Just like, just really break the ice by making me laugh. It's, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks very much for your time today. Okay. We've got a few things we want to cover, but to kick us off, you know, we're past the halfway mark for 2022. How's the year been so far for you and all of your various ventures in the search fund space?
1: Pete, hey, g'day. Thanks very much for inviting me onto this little podcast. And yeah, I can't believe that half of the year has gone. It's just been too quick, but that seems to happen every year. Things have gone really interestingly for us at Wayfinder and Second Square in 2022. It's been a, like most searchers will probably experience, an up and down ride as you raising capital for a fund. Mm-hmm. there's the highs and the lows but uh, uh, we've gotten through most of those it's it's been great we've had a few milestones we made first close of 10 million in in June uh, early July uh, mm-hmm. and uh, actually did our first call on capital two weeks ago which closed last week right um, so that uh, and it's all worked. Uh, and and people have uh, have have paid their amounts, which is even better. Um, so so that's great. Um, in the interim, we've also gone through the process of of um, going from being a conditional venture capital limited partnership to now going unconditional, um, mm. which meant having to go through the whole process of resubmitting all the paperwork through to the federal to the government department, which um, as entrepreneurs we're really good at, as you can imagine, doing mm. paperwork. Mm. Uh, so. Yes. Um, uh, it's nice to have those things ticked off uh, and under your belt. Um, so that's the mechanics of it, the 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 more important pieces around search uh, and what's going on in Australia. Um, uh, Louis, Louis um, and Nima and I were talking about this just the other day in the sense that when uh, we kicked off with Second Squared, um, I think it was mid-18, 2018, so we've been doing this for five years, uh, Louis and I went to Harvard to a conference and there was uh, a photograph that we've got, which is Louie, myself and two other Aussies in a room of about 300 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it that we could find from an Australian uh, perspective around search. Um, and we're now looking at a conference in a few weeks time, the first in Australia, and New Zealand, that is really exciting. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I think when we originally talked about having maybe 50 people in the room, that would be awesome. Um, yeah. We're talking about probably having more than double that right now. Mm. Um, and so to see the, the growth happen so quickly in, in a few short years in, in the region is, is very exciting. Um, mm. And I think it bodes well for um, entrepreneurship and what that actually means in this country and in New Zealand and also for the search community globally.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. The growth has been surprising, and even as you say, like we, we we kicked off planning for that event a few months ago, and and now looking back on it, it had very modest targets. <laughs> so um, being in a position now where we'll we'll exceed those um, and be able to put on a great event for a growing community um, is fantastic because there's a there's a core of people there that are that are kind of experienced in in search and eta and there's a a decent proportion of those people that are brand new to it so it's also encouraging that it's providing an opportunity to kind of spread the word per se um because it, it really is i mean i you know i'm constantly talking about i'm a bit biased right but it really is a model that i think australia as a whole needs you know if you look at the demographic of business ownership in australia um, there is a huge transition that we're going through right now, and um, this is one of those solutions um, to that challenge, which is what's so exciting.
1: Certain, it, it certainly is, and uh, never ceases to amaze me. Every time I share the story about what is search uh, with seasoned business people, they always talk about, "Geez, where was this twenty years ago? I could mm. have done this. This would have been mm. really good." Um, so people who get it see the value very quickly and and see the opportunity that sits within the, the whole sector and the community and i think it that's the other thing that i've i've really enjoyed watching over the last few years is um, it's not grown up as a um sector it's grown up as a community which mm. goes to the i think the very heart of the original founding fathers and of of search in the US which was it's it's not an industry it's it's not a sector it's a community hmm. um, and it's been really good to see that 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 energy of community of sharing of openness has has permeated through cultures um and sits here in in Australia and New Zealand in the same way as we experience it as investors around the world in in the, in the search fund investor space
0: it is amazing I, that, that that never ceases to surprise me how much that Um, cultural element translates. Because even when I'm speaking to people in South America or Europe or or Africa or wherever, um, there are those common threads around that openness, that abundance mindset um, and that willingness to share, but both across the investor community and also the the entrepreneur and searcher community. um, There's Mm. definitely... yeah, I, I I always refer to it as an abundance mindset. Not, like no one's trying to hoard yep. anything for themselves. There's there's a lot of sharing and openness.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and and so what's your view at the moment? Another question without notice, but what's what's your the view at the moment around um, kind of the various building blocks for search? You know, we we we've gone through the last couple of years with some good growth, and we've had the uh, enough of. The entrepreneurs and enough imbalance of investors, both domestic and offshore, to bring those entrepreneurs to market. Over the next kind of two to three years, based on a whole bunch of metrics, it looks like we're going to continue to grow in this marketplace. Um, Where do you see kind of the challenges and opportunities around making sure we've got the right pieces of those? puzzles in place, you know, enough entrepreneurs, enough investors, domestic and global, enough advisors that know what they're doing in this space with these businesses, you know, wh- where do you see um, that kind of playing out over the next few years in terms of those actors that we need?
1: Yeah, good question. I think um, when we initially looked at search, we we did some numbers around what would it look like in Australia at at, at its peak. And the only way we could extrapolate that was to go, if you take a look at the American model of how many searches there were at any particular point in time based on heads of population, economic factors, and you and you down-extrapolated that to an Australian context, mm. um, then we kind of saw that at any one time there'd be somewhere between 15 and 20 searches active in the market. Now, I don't think we're there yet. I think we're pretty close, mm. um, but... I think we're going to get there faster than expected. Mm. Um, it, 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 um, faster and slower, right? So uh, for four years ago when we were sitting at Harvard, I think Louie and I were pretty despondent at one point in time, looking at all this and going, oh, but there's only us in Australia and maybe two or three others. How are we going to get to the point where we can be like this, uh, mm. where it's an accepted model, where there's 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 an energy behind it that, that is of itself? Um and we we had to keep reminding ourselves that we were one year into something that was thirty years old mm. in in a market which has a huge um, cultural focus on entrepreneurship that's different to the one in Australia. Mm. But having said that, I think um, we're we're starting to see those bits of infrastructure coming together. The certainly the searcher community itself is growing, um, and uh, I. You know, for, for every searcher, there's four or five looking at the moment, mm. um, which is great. Um, so that says we've got funnel, we've got pipeline of of, of talent coming into the pool. Um, from an investor perspective, again, uh, it's great to see that there are a number of investors in Australia now looking at this. Um, again, this week, we met with a, a potential investor for another searcher uh, who's based out of Perth. Um, and, and again, it tends to be the um, business owner, the entrepreneur who's gone out, bought a business, grown it, understands uh, the ups and downs and the story of the, of the mid-tier business owner uh, wanting to back other people um, mm. with like-minded talent. Um, I always talk about the fact that as as investors we live vicariously through the searches mm. that we work with. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. It's part absolutely. of the reason why I get involved on that front as well. So that's why we do it, right? Yeah. That's why we do it. So so if you look at that, you've got um, a growing set of investors who understand the model and the benefits and and the value it can bring. And I think the third piece is the infrastructure that sits around the searcher and the investor, which is the broader community um, in business. Who can assist so uh it's the uh, everything from the accountants lawyers i call it the butcher baker and candlestick maker Mm. sort of stuff Mm. all all the things that we need around ourselves as business owners to make our business operate Mm. um and whilst if you look at small to medium-sized businesses that's quite sporadic and everyone uses their own when and where they can it's about relationship it's nice it'd be nice to see that there'll be a number of of players in that market that come out as as positioned as the player in search funds. So, for example, like uh, HWL Ebsworth with Mm. the legal side, they know search from a legal perspective in Australia better than anyone. Mm. Um, I I think of speaking with, there was an accountant in in the US where they had um, one of the junior managers at the time went to the partner and said, look, there's this thing called search. Mm. I'd really like to try working with a couple of searchers at our risk and if that works, we'll get the business. Mm. But I think there's a model here that we can build on. And roll forward five years, that young manager is one of the, the most successful partners in that business across the US. And that accounting firm is a key sponsor at pretty much all the major um, uh, conferences that occur in the US at, at the universities. So um, I think for, for that service provider, there's a real opportunity here mm. to get in on the on the ground of a growing um swell if you mm. like of opportunity mm. yeah and and i think that's where the next three to, that's where the next three to five years hopefully will go yeah
0: and and it is it is quite it, it it's strange to say that it's unique but but there it is quite unique this gap um to kind of feel whether it's any of the service providers i mean we even have the challenge with debt providers and those kinds of things where it's it's bigger than truly small business um but it's smaller than truly mid-cap business right like it's kind of in this wedge where you know the big guys are playing for the big guys and that you know there are plenty of small players playing for the small guys and there's this gap in the middle and so filling that gap from an advisor and and um and also kind of service provider perspective is is really important um,
1: and I think I think there's a point a point in that, and that is that um, it's it's something I always harp on, which is um, the language we use around what we do. Um, and it's a term that's been used forever called small business, mm. and I think it's the, it's 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 a good definitional term, but I think it's actually quite um, disempowering mm. uh, yeah. because the, because of the word small. Yeah. Um because it it, it it almost unconsciously get people to think small. Mm. Um and for what we're doing in search, there's nothing small about what we're doing. We are big mm. in our thinking and in mm. our approach to things. Um it's just that the business isn't corporate. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. I, I completely agree. I, I think yeah, you, you and and any of those, it's actually hard to find any of those terms that really fit, right? Like um because it's not it's not medium and then you get all these mid-cap definitions and also depending on which background you come from like investment banking or private equity or you know big four accounting all of your definitions change as Mm. well so so you're right it it really is kind of a lot about that language which hopefully we can start to get more kind of down the path of really thinking about what needs to be done in these businesses which is an interesting segue actually because one of the things i want to talk to you about today was um Uh, You know, you've kindly offered to put on one of the sessions at the forum um, next month um, and you're going to be honing in on on kind of that operator lens um, and and kind of the life and journey of what it looks like. Because it's interesting, a lot of people come to search and uh, spend a lot of time thinking about the searching part and then they get into the searching part and they spend a lot of time, appropriately, time and energy on the search. Um, but actually, the search itself is the smallest part of the entire journey, uh, and the, one of the most important parts of that journey is the operating phase, which is kind of where you really roll your sleeves up. Um, and you're going to be talking to us a bit about that um, uh, when we're at the forum. So, what, yep. what, what, what are you going to? Um, what are the main things you want to touch on during that session, just to give us a bit of a bit of a teaser?
1: Sure. Um- That's a hard question um, Mm. to to fill in five minutes. Um, There's there's a couple of things that that, that I've come from, and I guess um, having spent the first half of my career in the corporate world, um, it's it's quite an intellectual world. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the thinking. Um, The other side of the equation is um, that business is a human experience, Mm. Uh, and we often go to the numbers as indicators of what's happening, but really do we get the chance to go to the, the human experience and really tap into the energy of the human experience that could actually potentially indicate to us what's going on in the business, probably even more so than the numbers. Mm. Um, and, and over the past 30 years in the in the um, coaching and consulting I've been doing in, in businesses, particularly in the mid-tier space and in corporate, being able to map, if you like, the energetic experience of um, an operator from day one through to wherever they take it. Um, And identify that decision-making isn't purely done intellectually. A lot of it's on gut feel and a lot of it's on the emotion in in a moment. Um, And as operators, as as searchers go through the search phase, as well as the acquisition and the growth of their business, just inviting them to take the whole journey in the context of self-development and a personal development journey. Having started a few businesses, it never ceases to amaze me that every time you do it, it's a real reflective journey. And if you've got that opportunity to reflect on how you're growing and how you approach the challenges and how they affect you along the way, then there's huge personal growth in that for the leader, for the entrepreneur. And so in the story that I'll be telling on the day, the presentations around what is the journey of an operator from day one, and how can you link that to the emotion and the energy of that time? And if you're aware of that, how can you leverage that energy for your betterment and be aware of it? Um, and it's not just about the operator's journey from buying a business and growing it. It's it's even in the search process, uh, that in itself is a cycle. Um, mm. You know, You start up, you get involved, you start doing stuff. Um, and we were were talking to a potential searcher just the other day, and the the question I asked him was, I want you to roll forward 14 months into a two-year journey just when you're about to close your third potential deal and it falls over for some reason. How are you feeling right then, and how can you work with that to get back on the horse the next day and start Mm. again? Mm. And it's going to be the 10th time you've started again. How's that going to be? Because that's the experience that you're going to have mm. at some stage. If even if it's not in the search phase, you're going to do it in your business. It's Absolutely. Going to be yeah. In the next.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do you do you find? I mean, one of the things I, I completely agree with that, and I think that in 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 the businesses that I've run over time, um, it's definitely been the, the human factors that have been both more challenging and more rewarding than than the analysis and and obvious and and quite often the results or decisions that you can make on the basis of the numbers it sounds strange but it's relatively easy like that's actually the easier part um if
1: if only it was that easy with people right
0: correct right and so do you find i mean i imagine that a lot of the people that come to think about search or the the backgrounds of and of most of the people that that think about undertaking a search have a fair bit of analysis in them like we're seeing people like you know, accountants yeah. and lawyers and engineers and their MBA backgrounds and all that kind of stuff, and so they're bringing like high-powered brains to the problem. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, do you, do you see that as being one of the challenges inherent in that journey? Is understanding the need to know when to use that weapon and when not to? If you know what I mean, like like do you find that that often some of these um, entrepreneurs and these searchers who then become operators. You know, the first tool they pull from their kit bag is typically analysis. Um, yep. And how do you start to wrap that with more of this emotional piece? Like, how, how do you how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, look, it's it's really good. Uh, uh, good question. I think um, I want to separate it um, even further than that and talk about the fact that for many of the businesses, these uh, searches will go to acquire. The original owner will not have had anywhere near the education mm. and the experiences that the searcher will have had. In the sense of, you know, they've done MBAs, um, they've been able to do analysis, they understand business from a very different lens. Mm. Most op- most operators have started a business and done successfully out of them. Um, you'll tend to find uh, will either have picked that up along the way, but where they started from is. They'll have come from a professional base themselves. So they'll be very good um, widget makers or accountants or whatever it might be that they do. And the only way to do something with life in this case is to run a business. Mm. And when they become successful in that, what happens is the business grows and they get business partners and they get staff and they get lots of client interactions and the business growth. It's almost a natural growth thing that happens when a business becomes successful. And suddenly they're sitting on this business five years, six years down the track, which is, and and we hear it all the time, if it wasn't for the staff and the clients, wouldn't it be a wonderful place? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And again, it's that human experience that that is really the the piece that's that's missing. And and we, we see that a lot of people don't necessarily focus as much um, learning or developmental time in that. Mm, yeah. Um, do, pe- do people overthink things? I think they do. Um, there's been a number of searches where, um, you know, we've had to kind of go stop looking at a spreadsheet, go and talk to the people. Mm, yeah. Just yeah. go and connect. Just go and have the, the, the real conversations uh, because the solution won't come from the numbers. It will only come from talking about it with a real human being at the other end. Mm. So it's that that relational piece, which is really, really powerful and important. Mm. Um and, and as an owner or operator, when when our searchers buy the business, they're going to be talking to staff, they're going to be talking to clients. That it's, it's a relationship piece. Mm. And being able to understand energetically where that other person's sitting in in their their world, um, what kind of energy is driving their conversations, um, it's going to be really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so really the, the, what we'll be talking about is, can you track what's going on at different points in time in a journey of a business and the decision making that's going on? There's one particular time in a business that that we call the euphoric time, which is um, where um, the, the searcher, and I've seen this with, I'll give a story in a minute with a, with a particular client where they started the business, all the... All their KPIs for why they started the business have not only hit home, but have exceeded expectation beyond imagination. And so they're now sitting on a pot of money they never thought they'd have. It's feeling great. The business is going well. And we often talk about the fact that you can walk into a business cold and you know where they're at because at that point in time, four things are happening generally in the owner's lives. There's a new car, there's a Mm -hmm. new boat, there's there's a new house and a new spouse. (laughs) Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's all four right (laughs) um and 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 we call that the payback period Mm -hmm. um and the the important thing to understand about payback is that generally the mistake that's made is people take out too much Mm -hmm. of the business and they Mm -hmm. forget to reinvest um and and i've been known with one one business sales consulting um the, one of the partners went home and, and told his wife, we, we can't buy that house because Axe said we shouldn't right now. So I, I was made the scapegoat. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: um, uh, so she cursed me for the next six to 12 mm. months. But what that meant was that the the couple of million that the guys kept in the business and enabled them to reinvest mm. so that 18 months later uh, they could pull the cash out without it affecting growth mm. and wife could buy an even better house than the one mm. she'd looked at 18 mm. months before. So it's about knowing when to press which lever. Mm. But if we went on the emotion of it all, um, we would be making the wrong decisions. Yes. And, and we see that so often. So it's that balance between the commercial and the emotional yeah. that's really yeah. important. And sometimes we can balance too much commercially and and just run the numbers till you die by the numbers, or we can just make all the decisions emotionally. So... It's how do we find that right balance and which lever do we press when mm. um, that I'll be talking about.
0: That's fantastic. It's basically knowing how to be that samurai and have multiple weapons at your disposal and then knowing yeah, when absolutely. which one. And just because you've got it doesn't mean you should use it all the time. That That's awesome. Like I, I think that for this group um, in the audience, um, that's exactly the kind of thing they need to hear, whether they're thinking about going to a search whether they're already searching or or even if they're operating right operating. now. Operating, yeah, um, absolutely. It's, um It's a really it's a really good message. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, thanks very much for your time today. It was great to catch up and I, I really appreciate it. Always a your pleasure. To hear a little bit about what we're hoping to hear um, at the event next month. Obviously looking forward to seeing you there in person because we haven't had an opportunity to do much of that over the last couple of years. That's and, true. And yes, it, it'll be a great event and we're really looking forward to it. And so thank you very much for your time.
1: Pete, I can't wait. I think it's going to be great to uh, be there, see a community blossoming, and actually share a beer with you.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Thanks very much, Ak. Bye, guys. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Next Step. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're joining us at the 2022 ETA Forum in Manly, I look forward to seeing you there. If you haven't already bought a ticket and this episode lit the spark, please head to etaforum.com.au to book your place and we'll see you in September.